Hello, listeners. It's Philip. I'm here with my brother Peter and my uh, cousin Mark. Where, uh, well, Peter's in transit right now. He's in middle of Louisiana, driving to Austin, Texas. Mark is in Miami. I'm in. I'm in Paris. Uh, we're all very, very, very far away from Tokyo right now, where the Olympics are being played, and where. Um, Novak uh, Djokovic was uh, was upset in the semifinals by Sverev, and then uh, even more surprisingly lost the bronze medal match. Um, and we were before the podcast, we were talking about how like Novak might have just sandbagged that match because he like might have thought a bronze medal was beneath them. Like he would rather just not be on a podium than to be recognized for being third place. Uh, Mark, has any has has there been a, an event like that in your life that you can uh, relate to it? Yeah, I can't say it has to do with sports. I mean, it's a if in a way chasing girls is a sport. Uh, there was a girl I really liked, and she was worth really liking. And I don't know, this is about two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and she. Uh, she had moved to London, and she invited me to go see her in London. So, of course, uh, uh, I figured, oh, this is a great chance, actually, to go to Wimbledon and then go, um, you know, spend some time hanging out with her. I mean, I didn't really know what was going to come of it. And so whenever I got to London, I did the whole wait on the queue thing, saw a couple days of Wimbledon, and then she calls me. She's like, oh, I've got, uh, you know, let's, let's hang out. I got tickets to the theater. We can go to the theater and then go to dinner. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, okay, you know, this, this sounds pretty good. Um, she, and then she invited me, but then later, I don't know if this is the exact equivalent, but then in a follow-up conversation, I said, well, do you want to have dinner before or after? She said, well, actually, let's, let's have dinner before because I've got to wake up early because I'm heading to Brussels to, uh, to see my ex. So as excited as I was to have some like photo ops, at like a nice theater and dinner and tell people the story that I hung out with her. I was like, you know what? I'd rather not be second fiddle. I don't know if this is an exact equivalent, but it felt like that at the time where even though in the short term, it would have felt good to, uh, to hang out with her at dinner and go to the theater. I was like, oh, it's not worth the trade off. You know, I, I, I had to swallow my pride a little bit. Yeah. You're you, you, you can do better. It's, it's not, the consolation is not worth it. I see some parallels. It's for one is just that the expectations and what you felt you deserved. You, <laughs> you felt you deserved gold. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I needed to be standing on the top podium. Yep. Peter, do you have an example? Yeah, mine is also kind of related to ego. It's like say you're in high school and you're and there's like a big formal dance coming up. And you don't really have anyone you you who would be like who you're sort of um, who who you have like any sort of romantic um, tie with at the moment. And basically, the it'd be really weird if you asked out like the pretty girls you you don't really know, but you really don't want to be seen or or, uh, or have the responsibility of taking out like the less attractive girls girl who 
would say yes to you and would be sort of excited to go. And so instead of just going through and, and asking somebody, you just go alone or you just don't go. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there a couple times. It sounds like all of our uh, all of our analogies here are to like the dating the dating sphere. Uh, so yeah, I, my mine is also of in that vein. It's like yeah, it's like you 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 approach a group of like three girls and like are like aiming for the the hot one. But it's it's very. So you're saying you don't want the bronze. It's very clear that you've been passed off to the friends, uh, and at that point you figure out the cleanest way out possible, rather than uh, than continue down 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 friend alley. Yeah, down friend. Yeah, down a line that might be. Fruitful if you want it for those who want it, but uh, are a waste of time if you don't actually want it, which is sort of how I see Djokovic in the bronze medal. Like, I guess he, but he kept up appearances a little bit. You know, he wins the second set. So, what's your version of like not letting the girl down too hard, but still keeping up appearances? Is it like you go for an appetizer? Do you have a conversation? Do you buy her a Gatorade? What's 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 the equivalent of at least? keeping up appearances a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Novak couldn't, like, that would just be a slap to the Olympics and really bad for his brand to just have not played that match. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... didn't mix doubles, though. Yeah. I think the yeah. mixed doubles thing is the worst one because he's, he let somebody down. He's, yeah. he's, like, his partner would have probably loved having a bronze medal. Yeah. He yeah. may have made the calculation that they weren't going to win, though, because Barty's better, certainly better than his partner, and Piers might be a better doubles player than him or on, on the similar vein. So and I'm wondering if that was part I of the calculation. I think Djokovic is, like, really, really good at doubles. Yeah, you may be right. He was volleying well in the, in the, in the Busta match, too. I mean, if you look at his net points, he may have won 35 or 40 points at the net. So, And he does yeah, really well in doubles. In um in like Davis Cup and uh, ATP Cup kind of environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, if yeah. it was doubles, do you think he would have played? If it was men's doubles for the bronze, do you think he would have played? Yeah, if he was with like Krajinovic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he would have played. Yeah. yeah, I think it was like <laughs> more of a slap to mix, as much of a slap to mix doubles as it was to like. Bronze medals. Uh, what if his partner was a little bit hotter? If his partner was Ivanovic, then he would have played. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's our intro. I guess we can we can talk about the match that Djokovic did play uh, in the semifinal against Zverev. Um, it seems like Zverev. Uh, just really picked up his game. Like we we've known that he's capable of doing this, but uh, but I guess it's like the fact that it's not a grand slam means that he he did find his best level at the most appropriate time. Well, what, he's what? also a master of two out of three, right? Yeah, like yeah, he's winning two out of three. 
in two out of three, it matches maybe higher than anybody's, right? He just something about two out of three brings out his best, but three out of five, not as much, right? The deep, I mean, do you think it's, uh, he sort of played that tournament like he would play a Masters 1000 or AP 500, which he's won a bunch of? Yeah, he's won three, uh, at least three, maybe four. How many Masters 1000s has he won? Well, think... He's won Rome, he's won Paris Indoors, he won, did he win Monte Carlo? Did he beat Nadal in the finals or something this year? Or he lost Nadal in the finals or something in the, in, um, Barcelona, no. I guess that was Nadal won that. Did he did he beat Nadal in Madrid or Nadal didn't play in Madrid? Or maybe did uh, he beat Nadal? I think he has won Madrid. He beat team in Madrid one year. Um, yeah. I bet he's got like six or seven. Probably won. I don't know if he's won in North America, but I think he's won like three clay, maybe one or two grass, if there's a master, ATP 1000 in grass. My, my, my guess is that I'm not on a computer, but my guess is I think he's won like three or four Masters. He won the year-end tournament, and now he's won the Olympic. So that's he like won five the, and he won titles. Pa- yeah, he won Paris indoors last year, didn't he? Was that him? Something like that? Yeah, something. He's won a bunch. No, Medvedev, yeah. Medvedev won Paris indoors last year. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Sverev has like everything except the Grand Slam trophy on his resume now. Um yeah, and I was actually, I don't usually root for Sverev, but I was hoping he would beat Kashinov just because, like, Kashinov winning the gold medal would have been, Kashinov would have been such a weak gold medalist. Like, weakest gold medalist since, like, Gonzalez. Um, yeah, and I guess you got to root against Russia, too, in this, in this, uh, in this domain. I was just sort of, um, I, I was, I was, cheer- I was rooting for Zverev as well, um, because he, he did, he did stop the Golden Slam potential for Djokovic, and even though part of me was hoping Djokovic would get it, like the Nadal fan in me was not hoping he would get it. Do you think this is like? Do you think Djokovic is like flagging a bit? Like, do you think? Uh... Do you think this was a blip, or do you think it shows that he like uh, he's like mentally like a bit exhausted or fatigued? Because uh, I mean, I think he, it has to be physical. I think I mean, although he did demolish Nishikori in Tokyo, which is a, I think Zverev was just the best player in the tournament. I think just this week Zverev had a little more, a little more game, a little more, a little more mojo than anybody. I mean. He he looked in that last set. He just there were some good points, and Zverev was just able to generate a little bit more offense from the baseline than Joker was able to, you know, hit it deep and, and certainly move him around, but like just hit winners out of nowhere. I don't know. I think I just take this as like a within the within the context of that tournament, the best player in that particular tournament won. Yeah, yeah, but- and I think that Djokovic has not been unbeatable this year. Like, he did have that Fritz match in the Australian Open. He had multiple, like, five... He, the, 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 the Nadal match was really close in the French. Musetti. Musetti, he was down Musetti, two sets. Yeah. Then he got, like, the easiest draw in the world in Wimbledon. Um, but I think it's the sort of thing where 
Yeah, I think he's probably a little bit mentally exhausted. Um, but at the same time, uh, he he's not been so much better that it's like inconceivable for someone else to have a better day. Yeah, that's a good. I think that's a, that's a good uh, that's a good rundown of it. Like Joker can be beaten by someone who's playing their best when he's playing uh, not his best. And that's what happened. And like, Unless he's frustrated because he feels like he sort of almost played his best. At least up until, let's say, the second or third game of the third set. You know, maybe he did play his best tennis in the first two sets. More or less his best tennis under the conditions in the first two sets. And, you know, even though his margin of victory in the first set was bigger than Zverev's margin of victory in the second set, he felt like he didn't have momentum momentum going into the deciding set. So and who, some of it was probably, you know, he did play mixed. It is a lot of tennis. I'm assuming he wasn't staying in his plush and accommodation as he normally would be during a tournament. You know, little things, whether it's physio, this or that. I mean, I think it was, he was, he was, I mean, Peter, you called it in the, in the WhatsApp chat that if he was going to lose one of these five that he's likely to lose the Olympics because of the two out of three format. So it seems like there was a, a pretty good, um, you know, mass of factors that made him even more vulnerable given a tough opponent. Now, so, so who are, who are the opponents that could beat him theoretically if they're playing their best and he's a little bit lower hard, than his best? Which, which, which surface hard clay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, whatever surface. So I guess like, on hard, like, uh, do we think Ru- do we think Rublev could do it, or is that like the cutoff? Two out of three, yeah, I think Rublev could cut off. I don't know if Rublev could do it, but there. I mean, it's the people who have done it. Like, team did it. Um, uh, Nadal has done it before. Um, yeah, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, do we put Berrettini in there? Berrettini took had played him tough in both uh, Wimbledon and uh, Roland Garros, but I think the level was clear. It was I think like I don't I yeah I actually don't think Novak was playing his best in either match and still won. So I wouldn't put Berrettini in that category. Um, I guess Kyrgios like if they play in the first round sometime he could do it. Uh, yeah, it's the two out of three versus three out of five. I Kar- think that anybody in the top ten believes that they could beat him in two out of three. I'm not sure everybody in the top ten truly believes they could beat him in three out of five. Like in a, in a, in, I mean, you lose the Olympics in the semis or finals. I think you, you feel it. You feel frustrated, but you get over it. You know, you lose. You make sure yeah. you don't get the bronze medal. Yeah, I mean that's right. I really there's part that was subconscious, probably. That was like even though he wanted he wanted to win the match, but he didn't necessarily care for the bronze. Yeah, yeah. So Karatsev is another one in that category who beat Novak in Serbia. So, you know, on the uh, clay. Yeah. yeah. I think that maybe Shapovalov could could pull it off because uh, he played really tight with Djokovic, and for most of the Wimbledon semi. Looked like the better player. It's just Djokovic won that match with his head. He looked like a better, the better player in the first set, but then Joker looked like the better player after 
Like, he pretty much stole the first set in the tiebreak. Um, and then cruised, it seemed like. I mean, the scores were tight, but it never felt like he was out of control. Um, so then the question becomes, should these 23 and 24 and 25-year-olds, should they be, blo- I don't want to say blowing Rafa and Novak and, and fed off the court, but should they be at the point in their career where they raise the level of their game enough to either be even Steven or the favorite, or just the mental strength of particularly those two, Rafa Novak, is still enough to make them a favorite in almost any match in any service against anybody. Is it a testament to Rafa Novak, or is it somewhat of a statement that these guys do raise the level of their game, but they don't raise the level of their game for 12 months here or even nine months here? It's sort of on one surface or for one two- or three-month burst, but not necessarily consistently like Rafa, Novak, and Murray, and Fed were doing in their early to mid-20s. We've, yeah, we've been having this conversation for, like, 12 years. I think, like, no, guys... No, I know that, I know that, but I'm still saying, like, because you see the way Zverev played, he can hit the serve harder, he could crush his backhand winners, he can he should be able to move faster. Is it that they're missing some... But I, I'm wondering if they're still missing if they just haven't capitalized on a way to beat those guys or they've focused too much on non-strategy, something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel think like they guys be can, like, can, like, in for a very brief period of time, reach the level of the big three for, like, one tournament, the way Stan did for those three years, but... Even during Stan's three years, where he was he won Grand Slams in each of them, uh, he wasn't doing it every tournament. He was peaking at certain tournaments and then losing first or second round in others. Um, and what's like so unique about the big three is they basically get to the finals of every tournament they play. Uh, so it's like Medvedev. Medvedev uh, was cruised like was the best player at the year-end tournament last year, and we were all thinking he would win the Aussie Open, but then he loses first-round matches in, like, I don't know, Rotterdam or something. I don't know if he lost yeah. in Rotterdam. Yeah. That's just, like, a call. And, like, team team looks awesome uh, one week and then just loses a second-round match the next week. So it's like uh, there are a lot of guys who have the potential to show big, but... Uh, I haven't seen any of them that have done it uh, consistently every tournament the way the big three. You you just yeah. always know they're going to bring it. Would you? Is there anything about the Olympic format that you would change? Would you make the semis and finals? Would you? Would, the finals used to be three out of five. It was not this year. Uh, I mean, you know, and we had had this conversation. Do we see it as like a really good ATP 500? Is it a mid-level Masters 1000? You know, did I know that Zverev can say he has a gold medal. Was it any more difficult to win the Olympics than it would have been to win, um, let's say, not Dubai, I guess, but like Montreal? I think the Olympics used to be like the winner would get 750 ranking points. And that's uh, that's actually the way I see it. I see it as, like, at least when I looked at the draw, I saw it as, like, tougher than a 500, less tough than a Masters 1000. 
And yeah, like if if your Olympic ranking points, if the points you get from the Olympics, if you could keep them for four years, that would get all the players there. Um, which I think was actually the thing that was missing about this Olympics. A lot of guys skipped, like Rafa is playing in D.C., but uh, decided not to play in Tokyo. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Mark? Rafa, Berrettini, I guess, I mean, maybe seven of the top ten foot team didn't play. Um, Shapovalov. Since the past, wasn't a very dominant. This also is just like a strange, like COVID is, yeah, I mean, COVID is still going on. So I think a lot of the guys just wanted to get into the U.S. Like, I actually wonder how many of these guys are vaccinated. Like, I wonder if Rafa is vaccinated. Like, is he, does he just want to get into the U.S., make sure he gets his, like, vaccine doses and doesn't get, like, uh, doesn't have to bow out of the U.S. Open? I don't know. Um but yeah, I think with COVID going on, they just calculated. I would assume it. that he was vaccinated after Wimbledon, if not before. He just seems like not the kind of guy to risk that. Yeah. Like, I don't think he would have flown to the U.S. unvaccinated. Like, I don't think he would do the whole. I mean, I don't know if he'll play. He'll play two of the next three. Like, I don't think he'll play Montreal and Cincinnati, but he'll certainly play one of those two or Toronto, wherever it is. So I just can't imagine him. Yeah, no, I. At this point, there's too much. I don't even know if you're qu- they're quarantined. I don't think they have to quarantine for the Open or for D.C. So I can't imagine he made this trek without without vaccination. Yeah. He's vac- vaccinating the right arm. and I'm sure that was part of it. Uh, and I know that we wanted to talk a lot about the women's draw. Unfortunately, we may not be able to, so I guess we'll have to save that for our next pod. Yeah. Uh, I saw the Benchich one. Um, which is, which apparently Sarah and Benchich like dated for a little bit. So like that, that could have been cute if they were still together. <laughs> <laughs> like for Ellie Farag and, uh, Norel Tayeb on the squash circuit. Um, Did they, they both make it to number one or they just both won like the U.S. Open at the same time? They both won the U.S. Like Open at the same time. Norel Tayeb, I think she got to either two or three, but. She never got to number one, and then she got pregnant and retired. So uh, that's too bad for her. What 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 number is the kid ranked already? Is he top, <laughs> top 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 fifteen in Egypt. Yeah, yeah, top fifteen in the under three months uh, age bracket in he's, in Egypt. I think he's probably top fifteen in the ten and unders. Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably this first word was rail. First word was rail. Second, like, yeah. So we yeah. haven't had a chance to talk about Wimbledon, which probably more exciting to watch a Wimbledon replay than it would have been to watch this morning's finals live. Uh, did you? Was it a watered down draw? Did you feel like was it a, a tainted Grand Slam? Or hey, if you beat anybody in the top ten in in the finals, if you have to work to win it, a win's a win. Um. I mean, I did feel Rafa's absence. I think he, uh, I, I wonder how bad his injury was. Like, I, uh, there weren't that many details on it. I guess he's back in D.C., so it wasn't too bad. But, uh, yeah, do you think he was actually injured, or do you think he needed to recover mentally from losing at Roland Garros? Um, 
Well, I don't think he was thrilled about the two weeks. I think that if it was a three-week gap, he would have rested. He would have hit the grass. He would have played the Mallorca tournament. And he, I mean, of all things, there's a grass court tournament in Mallorca. Yeah, in Mallorca. Before, <laughs> you know, and I think it was set up that way. I think it was really, because originally, before the French moved the dates, you know, the uncle had already set up the tournament literally the week before Wimbledon starts. So that was set up for him. Uh, so I'm assuming he either got vaccinated or just knew he needed more than two weeks. And maybe he made up in his mind that he wasn't going to play Tokyo. And so it, it um, you know, get, gave good, like, uh, cover for not playing in Tokyo as well. Yeah. So we did do a pre-semifinal podcast, and we were talking about, like, what a buzzkill it was that uh, Herkach beat Medvedev and that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I think the semis and the finals... Um, were interesting like we got to see Berrettini on the big stage and he actually played really well uh I'm a, I'm a fan I think uh I think he's here for the long haul uh Lotto has their best uh has their yeah. best has snagged their best uh their best player ever probably uh yeah, and I, I look forward to seeing how he does in the U.S. swing. But, like, I actually, I'm predicting that he doesn't really uh, back it up just because that's really the trend with all these young guys. Like, Medvedev uh, was really good at the Australian Open and then was a no-show during clay season. Berrettini had better, a good... though. Better, more, more, you know, at least, like, I don't even think he could win any matches before. Like, he was usually awful. Like awful after from from the end of the hardcore sunshine swing up until the you know midsummer hardcore swing. He his results were lousy. I think at Wimbledon and the French the last couple of years. So there was some improvement. I mean, not that he had anywhere to go but up. Yeah. So Berrettini and like uh, yeah, Sitsipas was great on uh, clay, but not that great on grass. I don't know. I just see it's like. Yeah, this is, yeah, this, this, not, that was Berrettini's three good. months. He he he's got himself a top ten ranking for the year now with those ranking points, and it's going to be someone else who shines big. Maybe Sverev. Maybe Sverev uh, has a big uh, summer and wins his first Grand Slam. Well, I think what you saw with Berrettini and Shap, both of them, is that they're they're all they're all surface good. Like I didn't realize Berrettini was that good on grass. He was great. Lost only one match in the grass, grass portion. He was excellent on clay. I mean, played a good match against Joker. Was solid the whole solid the whole clay court season. If he physically holds up, you know, he's. I think he'll leapfrog team. Uh, he may leapfrog Sissipas, who seems to go from one extreme to the other. So he may be the the best of the. Re- I mean, the second best of the rest. I guess we could say Zverev is Zverev and Medvedev are tied right now for sort of the best of the rest, but. Uh, Berrettini's not too far behind. Yeah, so early hard hard summer hardcourt season takes like so we we both think Djokovic is the clear favorite at the US Open. Um of like these I guess seven guys or eight guys of Rafa, Medvedev, Sverev, Sitsipas, uh Berrettini, Shapovalov Federer, Rublev, uh, which of those eight guys do you think is the biggest threat to Novak um, at the U.S. Open? 
you think it's going to be based on on physical health or or just will? Uh, all of the above. Everyone. Like, who do you think body will hold up? Who do you think will be able to peak at the right time? Who do you think will be able to to just stretch Novak? Because you you know he really wants the single season Grand Slam. Like the the Olympic thing is just a bonus, but like uh, the real prize here is the single the be, being the first single season Grand Slam winner since uh, Labor. Yeah, well, Frafa's got got some. I mean, if Rafa wins DC and he makes the finals or wins the other, then Rafa will definitely be his his biggest rival. Uh, I'm assuming they could even play in the semis, which would be very interesting. And then I'd still say Medvedev. I mean, Medvedev's hardcore results have been pretty awesome the last two years. You know, finals of the U.S., 2019 semis last year. He lost the team, finals of Australia. So I think he's, you know, he's probably been the second most consistent player on hard courts. Well, him and Rafa tied. But there's certainly a, only a minor difference. And then after that, I li- I really liked what I saw from Berrettini. I just feel like he's got the right mind. He's got the huge serve. He can finish the points pretty quickly. Can he hold up well for five sets in a hard court? I don't know. That would be to me. That would be the X factor. Uh, but I, I would say those those would be the three uh, toughest threats. Yeah. You know, if I, I think Zverev is due for a little bit of a drop, even though I think he will continue to climb the ladder and he will be number one in the next two years at some point in the next two years. I don't, for some reason I feel like he's just not going to play the U S open. Great. It's going to bottom out a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that kid is supposed to be, I know that he's not going to necessarily be there for the kid, but his kid is, should be born or around sometime soon. I don't know. I feel like something will, I feel like, yeah, I think it's going to have a little bit of a letdown after the Olympics. Yeah. Um, of all those people, Berrettini is the one I would like to be the most. Apparently, after his Wimbledon uh, finals appearance, he 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 uh, took a car down to Wembley, uh, the stadium in London, and watched uh, the Euro Cup final uh, and saw Italy beat uh, England in PKs and was like thrilled about it. So, yeah, he's a uh, he he's had a pretty good. Uh, summer so far you know they all have i mean nobody's looked bad like everybody's had a good you know everybody in the top 10 other than team has shown why they're in the top 10 why they belong the u.s open plays like a wild card between the weird weather sometimes and the fact that the players are pretty gassed and the hard court swing can be kind of grueling it'll be It'll be interesting. I mean, Djokovic might be ripe for the taking if he's still licking his chops. I don't see why he would be, because I feel like at the end of the day, if he won an Olympic gold medal, nobody was going to be jumping up and down about it anyway. It's not like it compares to 20 Grand Slams. So, Although it is like literally the only thing he doesn't have, and he'll have to wait four more years for it. So like, uh, yeah. he should have won three, it. Three, he, he should have won it just, just for the legacy yeah. thing. Yeah, which might make him hungrier, but, it, you know, he was due for a loss at some point. Yeah, I think that's uh, more it than anything else. I think he wanted it. I just think he was due for a loss, and Zverev had a really good day. Is so that, is there anybody who's taken the place of Zverev in your mind of players that you just can't? It really hurts to see them win. I mean, is Zverev still in that, or 
it dep- or or they're you know because he's has played better he's kept his mouth shut a little bit better that he's like he's tolerable and is there anybody who if they were to win it would be an intolerable or close to an intolerable victory I actually think I'm I my unpopular opinion is that I don't like Nick Kyrgios very much and like uh and so yeah I I just like get fed up with the the sort of like uh the narrative around him of just being an entertainer i see it as sort of like a cop-out of like it's you're like an entertainer because you don't have the like mental (laughs) because it's just much harder to be a winning tennis player you know Um, right like Shaq was an entertainer but he was a great basketball player yeah, um, and Jack- Rodman was entertaining, but he backed it up. Certainly backed it up on the defensive side of the court. Uh, a lot of guys, a lot of uh, pundits think Shaq underachieved, but he still won four titles. You know, like uh, there's underachievement, and then there's like what Nick Kyrgios is doing, which is like like flagrant underachievement. Well, he sort of masquerades as a pro tennis player. Yeah, I mean, like- it's like a it's a charade. It's yeah, bit, I would say I'm wondering he, if, I think he masquerades as an entertainer. Like, uh, because, uh, yeah, it's just, like, much easier to, to do that entertainment bit than to um, actually win tennis matches. So, yeah, I would say the guy I root against most these days is Nick Kyrgios. Um, Sverev might still be number two for me, but <laughs> I actually think the guy I root against most is Djokovic. Like, I was happy Sverev beat Djokovic. Um, in spite of myself. Well, it also doesn't, it puts him sort of on the same echelon as team. I mean, I think Zverev's winning this Olympics took a little bit more mojo than team winning the U.S. Open, considering how badly Zverev played in the finals and Medvedev didn't play great in the semis. So I think at least puts him on even footing. I mean, Zverev <laughs> had to beat one of the big three to win uh, the Olympics, yeah. whereas team didn't have to beat one of the big three to win the U.S. Open. Um, so, yeah, that's like... And I think Zverev beat somebody pretty good in the quarters. I can't remember who it was, but I feel like it was somebody decent. Or maybe it was Charlie. Okay, maybe they weren't that decent. It's <laughs> <laughs> the thought that counts. So, um, back back to your Kyrgios thing. Is is Kyrgios the tennis equivalent of a racquetball player on a squash court? Like, is it, you know, that little squash racquetball rivalry where it's like, you know, racquetball is sort of squash for non-athletes. Like, is he that? Is he like? Is he like the racquetball player of tennis? Kind of sloppy <laughs> looking. Like, doesn't have the finesse. Doesn't really have the grace. You know, doesn't really have the mind. Maybe not necessarily the pedigree. I think I he has the mind. I, I don't think it's. I, I think he's an exceptional natural talent. I, I I really just think it's all mental. Like, I think that's what's so frustrating with him is that. Uh, is like imagining what he could be if he uh, if he were mentally stronger. Uh, because yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's not. But yeah, I, I do think he's like a little bit. He's definitely like uh, not not. Uh, he 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 doesn't have the like super in shape look of a lot of these other yeah. tennis players like 
Yeah. yeah, he's not gonna like do 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 wind sprints before the match, sit ups after the match. You know, go on like a, a high high fiber, high, high veggie diet. I got, yeah. I got two other questions for you. Uh, the the one the elephant in the room, the name that has not come up during this whole pod is Roberto uh, Bautista Gu. And so back to the Wimbledon question: Djokovic, Djokovic's path to his Wimbledon trophy did not go through him. And Zverev's path to the Olympics trophy did not go through him, or Olympics medal. So does that moderately tarnish the awesomeness of being the champion? The 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 best player in Spain's uh, credentials. Uh, yeah, it might moderately tarnish them. Like I was, uh, I was shocked um, <laughs> that Bautista Gu. Uh, exited from, was yeah was dismissed from Wimbledon so early, and I think the rest of the rest of the world was uh, was just as stunned as I was. So, you know, like uh, you know, Roberto, you have to you, you have to put up or shut up. You know. So, which is the follow up question is we also forgot to mention him as the. Um, you know, part of the contenders for the U.S. Open. He'll be better rested. Do you want to post facto include him in the conversation, or or he's just his own cohort, and so it's not even fair to him to lump him in with all the other contenders? I'm just so disappointed with his <laughs> Wimbledon performance that you know I, I just didn't want to bring him up. Like Roberto, you know, I I tried, but. Uh, you know, you're going to have to prove something on your own. Well, you can't jump ship yet. There's four months, four, five months to go. We want our many pod listeners to know that um, the Parisian entrant in this pod predicted RBA to be number four at the end of the calendar year, and there's still time. <laughs> so you cannot jump ship yet. you gotta, you got to stand by your man. Yeah, I'm, I'm fretting a little. I'm fretting a little. <laughs> Um, he's got a lot, lot of points he can make up the next uh, five. I don't think he did great at Cincinnati last Oh, no, he did. He made the semis or the finals. He made the finals. Shit. Okay. But I don't know. Well, I don't think there was a Montreal last year. So he's got some time. He's got some time. Okay. On that note, I think we've, uh, we've put in plenty of time on this pod. So uh, to our listeners, thanks for listening. Um, if we said something you especially like or something you especially dislike, you can hit us up at Doubles Alley Pod on Twitter. And without further ado, La Bamba. <laughs>